Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast. Today... We're going to talk about a solar storm. Um, basically, Kevin, why don't you get right into it? What is a, a solar storm or a solar flare? What does that mean? Yeah, well, the, the sun has uh, has different weather. You know, you kind of have to think about it like that. Um, the weather on the on with the sun, though, is mostly affected by electricity and uh, magnetization. Okay. Now, when a when a solar flare happens, basically what's happening is those uh, those magnetic waves got twisted, and they snap back into the right position uh, position, and they eject a uh, massive solar flare from that. Now that's that, basically a geomagnetic storm, you know, okay. which uh, sends the elect uh, uh, a wave of protons and electricity and um all sorts of nasty shit now so there's a coronal mass ejection right that's a that's, basic that's a basic solar flare and that'll be protect the earth will be protected its magnetic field will protect it but anything outside that magnetic field is going to be fried satellites astronauts everything outside the magnetic field there oh and astronauts also, too you don't yeah, want to be there toasted, yeah you don't want to be out on the space station and then there's a coronal mass ejection. Um, then there's a, sorry, then there's a, the solar superstorms. Now that can be uh, geomagnetic. That can be um, solar flare radiation. And these things happen once or twice a century. Hmm. So uh, there is the, the Carrington event. Um, and the 1989 Quebec power grid failure, that was a geomagnetic storm. That was a, uh, March 13th, 1989. 
and that basically blacked out the northeast of of the United States and um, the uh, the east side of uh, Canada had some serious damaging effects all the way out as far as like uh, Seattle and places like that. Hmm. Now, when you had these storms, you're able to see that the northern lights, you can see those, you know, as far down so as the equator. That's kind of the upside, right? You right. know, you get a little like light show and, right. you know, all the powers sure, out. People will die and whatever. You have, but... Yeah, at least you have, uh, you know, a beautiful light show. The problem is, with right, these I things, can get behind that. Okay. The way they hit, they hit the Earth's magnetic field and do the same thing. They basically twist it up and pull it and then it snaps back into place. And when that snapback comes, it can travel around the entire planet. You don't have to be facing the sun. You don't have to be facing any specific direction for it to affect your area. So, so we're not can... safe at nighttime because it's nighttime. No. Okay. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And the positive effect is that it has no effect on uh, biological creatures like uh, oh, animals and plants and people. It's just all the electrical systems get fried basically it sends a huge uh, electrical burst into all the power lines in whatever direction they're they're going back to the power plant and out to your your house and the major damage is done at the power plant because it'll just bring the temperature up to you know a couple thousand degrees immediately and melt everything mm. so power's out and it's not coming back on in the next uh next few hours some of the uh, heavier storms they're predicting uh, could could take four to ten years to repair all the damage. Well, now, I know one of the big things we saw when we got in EMPs, which obviously this is a very similar type event, um, was that uh, it, it's actually the uh, transformers that are a big thing, right. and we don't have a big readily, readily available supply of transformers to be able to go out and replace them if they get damaged. So it's not so much that it's huge damage. It's that it's mass damage, um, right. that it happens on such a large scale. That's where we get into trouble. Now a solar flare, my understanding is it's even less devastating at the point. What it is, is when you have an EMP, it's a dramatic spike, like a lightning bolt kind of thing, the way it interferes with electronics. Whereas a solar flare, they say it's something that'll usually last from 10 seconds to three minutes where right. it's kind of a constant lower frequency as opposed to a, a hard pulse. This is more a constant, like you said, kind of heats up things and, and just really does a hardcore damage. I think our biggest fear is not so much that you have every single electronic device in our house is going to be wiped out as more as a more subtle and less devastating thing. But then once things start to escalate, you have a cascading effect of, well, when the infrastructure starts to go down, you know, the grid's down for four or five days or whatever, then things fall apart quickly. And we know that society as a whole, especially in America lately, doesn't seem to react well to devastating events. Right, right. It was, it's been pretty clear over the past couple of months that a lot of people just go, uh, you know, 
full full on retard and yeah. uh, panic. <laughs> that, that seems and, you know, to that's me. why that's why we had a, a shortage of toilet paper that didn't make any sense at all. You know, that's why um, we had a lot of shortages made no sense. They was just people panicking and buying everything up. There were a shortage of masks for a while there. And everybody fucked. It was because people panicked and they saw, you know, uh, a stock shelf and they just bought everything they could buy. Yes. You know, um, and now imagine this virus, except uh, in instead of uh, instead of everybody hunkering down in their home, getting their news on TV and playing with their phones, all that's gone. The electricity is gone. The news is gone. You're not getting any information from any government uh, groups telling you what to do or or how to panic, you know, how to freak out, what should you do? And so nobody really knows what is going on in the rest of the world. All they know that's, is that their small community is out of power. And that's not where fear builds. Right. I think right. you end up with a day or two of, well, it's a power outage. It'll come back on. And right. people not, you know, fully panicking to the extent that, you know, you would with some other more where you have the understanding when you have the media telling you, oh, you know, Russia just invaded and, you know, the world's ending or New right. York City broke loose and people are rioting and burning down every single building. Although I got to say, I feel like we've become pretty numb to these dramatic events as a whole in society. We're like, yeah, they do that there. That's what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So here, let me give you a quick rundown of a lot of the infrastructure things that you can kind of expect, both with an EMP and with a solar flare. Um, so electricity generation and production. See, that's what I was saying. Like if these transformers or even if our power stations are overloaded, you know, just getting things back up can be rather dramatic. Um, mm -hmm. So electricity is going to go down at least temporarily. Well, when that happens, gasoline production and transportation immediately starts to go down, right? Um, right. I'm not saying that your cars are going to stop and everything. You know, it looks like maybe with an EMP, it's not as dramatic like all the vehicles stopping and, and that kind of thing. But remember, when gas runs out, or at least you can't pump gas, that's mm -hmm. a problem. That um, was a major thing. We had a uh, a hurricane, not to cut uh, you off, but we had a hurricane up here about uh, five, ten years ago. And um, the main thing that got people in trouble was that you couldn't get gas at a gas station. I was passing cars on the side of the street. The guy's like, hey, listen, I got 10 miles left before I'm out of gas. He said, is there any gas stations around here that are pumping? I said, no, I've been driving on this road for an hour and I ain't seen anything in any direction. That's, that's, you know, the stores are open. You can buy stuff, but you can't pump any gas and you yeah. better have cash when you go in there. Right. Um, and yeah, I think we need to touch on that cash shortage that our country seems to be having at the end of this episode. But, uh, mm -hmm. anyway, moving right along, um, think about in the Northeast and, and well, the North period, uh, heating and fuel oil. Um, also think about steam and what that powers and does. Mm -hmm. Satellite and land-based telecommunication networks, transmission and control centers. All right. Mm -hmm. So all your texting, everything like Kevin said, um, Facebook. Imagine if you couldn't go to the Prepping Badass group on Facebook, what your day would be like. I, mean, I don't even know how you get through, right? Yeah. I mean, right there, the psychological effects of not being able to enjoy Chuck's happy memes and things like that, you know, 
that's catastrophic, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Data centers, data equipment, control centers, power supplies, and cooling. So also, if you don't have cooling on a lot of that stuff, it can have catastrophic long-term effects. Um, Right. Now, this type of stuff, think about ATMs, um, you know, the different things that we have available to us. Even if you just go into the bank and they're like, hey, we're open, but we can't look in our computer and see what's in your account or know anything and we have no idea, we can't really help you. These things, you know, it matters. So having a stockpile of cash sounds like a good idea, Um, something you guys may want to think about. Um, Transportation systems in general, uh, but it's also railroads, airports, harbors, any kind of inland shipping. So think about your grocery stores with your, you know, on-demand type uh, supply chains where things, you know, are best. They have three days worth of supplies. And you know what? Three days worth of supplies, that's three normal days, not three days of a panicked, psychotic, uh, crazy world, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So financial, the stock exchange, all that what happens when that goes away for a little while, you know, when people are unknown of the future? Now, then it, it expands to like agriculture and food production and distribution. Um, your water supply. Now, cool if, you know, your water supply comes from a big water tower and it's going to come. But do you have pump stations and all these things that are mm-hmm. going to... Yeah, uh, that water doesn't doesn't fill back up in that water tower without pumps. So you'll be supplied for a few days and hopefully they'll be able to get things running by then. But the truth is uh, that might not be the case. And then, yeah. And and if you don't, yeah. If all your power supplies is shut off, 90% of those pumps will work for a couple of days until the generator runs out of power. And then that's it. That's it. It's another one of those events where you might want to just fill up your bathtub you know, fill up a couple of buckets so you can wash, you know, wash your feet and wash your hands. You can know, I interest you in buying water. a water bob? Mm-hmm. Chuck is always preaching about I still haven't bought a water bob, I have to admit. But Chuck is always preaching at me. I know when this happens, he's gonna be uh he's gonna be laughing, laughing at me because I'm laughing nasty uh bath water that I filled up after uh you know after I, I mean, you know, maybe you want to drink your up. filth. That, exactly. that might be your thing, but I not chuck. Not yeah. chuck. No, but I mean, you can keep flushing your toilet if you have a five-gallon bucket full of water that you can fill the back of your toilet up with, you know? Right. And getting rid of your shit, that's pretty important, you know? Well, that's that brings important. me to my next one. People always worry about the water not coming into your house. But what if you don't have the proper pumping stations for your local sewer plant? That's right. And everybody's still flushing their toilets or that sewage keeps coming, you know, cause mm-hmm. you also have sewage that comes from even just rain runoff and things right. like that. A lot of times will get incorporated into your local sewer plant. Well, if you don't have the proper pumping stations to move things in the right direction, Kevin, are there consequences to that? Yeah, nope. Nope. There's going to be spots that you never even noticed that you've driven past a hundred times that are now a lake of sewage. Oh, nice. So keep that in mind. It might be right up the street from your house and you never even noticed it. And then all of a sudden uh, you got your own shit running out across the street and you're on your way to on your way to work. Now, so some other infrastructure, public health. 
Think hospitals, ambulances, big one, mental health facilities. Mm-hmm. And then I would take that even one further, security services, FEMA, police, military. And then the big one that you all need to think about, the prison system. Mm-hmm. What happens when these things don't have electricity and it shuts down? But like I said, well, it doesn't happen to New York. They just let everybody out. Oh, when this COVID hit, they just knocked years and years off of people's sentences and just sent them home. Could you imagine? I mean, that's such a crazy concept or a crazy idea to be like, hey, you know, don't even worry about it. You know, we have this whole system set up where we're like, you know what? The consequence for this should be 14 years. And, eh, you know, three years, I feel like you've done something. You know, let's just go. You learned your lesson. I don't know. It it just seems a little devastating. So these things, they escalate. um, But I think, like I said, it's not as much of a fear of your electronic device is not working with a solar flare is that basically I think it's the cascading effects, the short term. Well, what could be a short term disruption in the, uh, the regular power supply coming from the government and then that building into all these things escalating. Cause how much could America destroy our infrastructure? I swear we're not the society that can kind of band together. All right, we can get through this. We just got to make it two weeks and get things going again. Can we go two weeks without tearing the motherfucker down? I mean, is that how we are or, because yeah, I, I look and see what America's doing, and it doesn't look good when things start to go bad. Yeah, you know what I, I never thought about uh, until about uh, 10, 15, 10, 15 years ago. I was, in a, uh, I was living in California at the time, and I was living in an apartment complex, and we had a power outage. And I was sitting on the steps talking to my, my neighbor that lived in the apartment next door, and this guy comes walking past down the back behind the apartments. Yeah. And they, the, my neighbor jumped up and fucking started yelling and chasing him, chasing him away. And I didn't realize it, but he was just going out. The power was out. So he was just walking along looking for shit to steal, you know, houses to break into. Nobody's home. No alarms are set up. You know, the cops got other things to do. They're not going to be showing up with a, with a great response time. And uh, it's real easy to, you know, you'll, you'll see people everywhere during these power outages that just go out looking to steal shit because it's an opportunity. And if that opportunity is lasting a week, two weeks, three weeks, it's going to get bad real fast when people realize they can get away with stealing shit and nobody's going to come chasing them down. Uh, another serious issue that, um, that I think that everybody's overlooking is refrigeration. Mm. all your not just your food in your house and your refrigerator is going rotten you know you get a power outage and i remember as a kid my dad be like don't open that refrigerator just wait wait until the power comes back on all that cold air is going to dump out as soon as you open that door but you know that the truth is when it's four or five days it doesn't matter how many times you you open that door that shit is going to rot and uh all the food at the grocery store it's going to rot you're going to have to have a big barbecue the day that power goes out and cook all your meats and get all your vegetables and get all your things cleared out of that refrigerator because it's just going to be disgusting. And the grocery store, uh, all their refrigerators, same thing. Your neighbors, 
the people down the street, the people in the next town over, everybody's food is going to be rotting. And uh, about a week into that, you're going to really be wishing you had a lot more uh, dried goods, you know, dried beans, dried rice, pasta, stuff stocked up in your house. Um, I love stocking up on meat when the prices are good, but it, I'm just filling up a, a refrigerator with it, you know, and all that meat's going to be gone. Uh, so it's really something to think about when you're when you're stocking up on your food preps and all that sort of stuff. Think about not having your refrigerator, not having access to the food that you normally have in there. Um, you know, a lot of you guys are are uh, big on hunting. You know, you'll get you get a big deer and put the back straps in there, save them up. You have you know, buy half a cow and put it in your uh, coffin freezer. All that shit is going to be gone. So. It's really something to be conscientious about when you're stockpiling your food that you are stockpiling a lot of stuff that would be, uh, you know, isn't necessary to have in the refrigerator. Just uh, just something I'm thinking about. That's all. No, that's right. Um, the only upside I see there is that soft melted ice cream that you're forced to eat. Yeah. I mean, Gonna I'm just saying, it. you know, you're the victim, right? Mm -hmm. Put a a smile on your face before death comes tomorrow because all that rotten yeah. food is just going to smell nasty. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just, it, it's one more thing to think about. It's just one more thing to show you how vulnerable our society has become. And, you know, we actually, as Americans, I mean, we could do so much more. And I guess that's what's upsetting. Um, we could do so much we're such an awesome country and we could do so much to protect our infrastructure. We could do so much to bring society together as a whole, but there's also always going to be vulnerabilities and we have some big holes or flaws in our system that, you know, make it that we are, you know, a little more fragile than a lot of us like to think. And I think that's a big part of what we've been seeing you know, with all this rioting and looting and, you know, things can really turn around and, and get crazy. Um, one of the things that we touched on a minute ago about, you know, ATMs and things like that going down, um, we're seeing more and more, you know, you kept hearing these random things you'd see on Facebook about there's a coin shortage and you're like, what the hell is a coin shortage? You know, what does that even mean? That doesn't even make sense. And, I don't even understand how it's happening or where it's coming from. And then when I go to Lowe's the other day, oh, they're like, oh, we don't give cash back anymore because there's a cash shortage and there's no money and no, you know, so all these things and, you know, stores are like exact change only if you have cash. Cause, and so, mm -hmm. I mean, one of the things, why do you need cash when nobody will take cash? You know, that's, that's right. the next thing. But this stuff just builds and escalates and there's just so many things to prepare for. But if you constantly are evaluating your preps, I mean, none of these things are new things that we haven't touched on mm -hmm. nothing. You know, we haven't, we've been telling people to have a supply of cash in your stockpile for forever. We've mm -hmm. been telling people to have a, you know, backup plan to your refrigeration have a backup plan to where your food comes from, you know, and, and that might be the sustainable garden and the things like that. Have a plan, um, you know, start to choose, 
choices with everything you do that you just slowly move in the right direction. You know, it's traumatic right now. Like how many times have we said, hey, you know, I mean, maybe not a lot of times, but I know we've talked about having masks in your stockpile. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I know we talked about uh, volcanoes and things like that and dust. And I know we did a pandemic episode where we also mentioned having masks in in your preps. And these kind of things. It's not that, hey, we we were able to see the future. No, not at all. But when you start to consider and look at possibilities of what might come up, there are certain staples that over and over again, we see, you know, recurring and having cash is kind of one of them. Having extra food storage that's dry goods, like Kevin just mentioned, having that stockpile to cover so many different scenarios. You know, nobody would have even thought that a pandemic would be something that you needed a stockpile of food for. You know, that's not the kind of thing. But how much did that pay off when they said, hey, it's best if you don't go out to the store for the next month. And a mm-hmm. lot of you guys were like, yeah, that's not going to be a Fine. problem for me. Mm-hmm. Um, when there's a big shortage of toilet paper and paper towels, hey, you know, I planned for that kind of thing. I have a little bit extra. I have redundancy built in. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. Also, when things happen like, hey, you're not going to be able to work for the next three weeks. And yeah, the government's going to put you on some kind of, you know, pay payment thing here. You know, uh, what is it? Unemployment. But that's not going to kick in for three weeks or four weeks. Um, right. You still got can bills you get rolling by in for that. You know, yeah. you got those bills. These are the kind of things or not needing, you know, if money's tight, maybe I don't need to go grocery shopping. And, you know, we saw groceries go up a lot. I mean, very significantly. Um, it's funny where I am. We have these stores called uh, Little or Lidell or something. I don't know. It's L-I-D-L-E. I don't even know how you say it. I haven't mm-hmm. asked anybody because I don't really care that much. Um, <laughs> but it, it's like a, uh, I don't know. They have more like generic stuff. And and it's weird. The place isn't uh, like ever packed or anything. So I don't know the deal. But I know I can go up there and buy a loaf of bread for like 62 cents versus, you know, a loaf of bread is like three ninety nine or four ninety nine at Food Lion mm-hmm. or whatever. And that's right. crazy to me. You know, the difference, um, a carton of eggs is like 68 cents, whereas, you know, it's, it's three ninety nine at Food Lion. And yeah, I mean, eggs have shot up, man, lately. I don't know what the deal is with that, but eggs have like doubled in price. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, you know, having things that are options available to you and, and planning ahead, but having that little stockpile set aside that, you know, kind of keeping your freezer full when you're, you know, that, you know, one week you go to the grocery store and there's zero meat. I mean, I, I was just reading on Facebook, somebody put out that they went to the grocery store. There was zero lunch meat, zero bacon, zero beef in the entire store. And then, I've seen where the shelves are just stripped of meat and then I come in four days later and there's all kinds of meat there. Well, if you're in a position that you can buy the extra when it's available and plan, but this is long-term planning, you know, this is something that doesn't happen overnight. You can't be the guy who just jumps out and, you know, Hey, I'm going to go buy a million masks. I'm going to buy, you know, four years worth of long-term food storage 
I'm going to set up a garden. I'm going to go buy 50 sheep. I'm going to go buy a bunch of chickens, a bunch of bunnies and, and do this. No, but this is something you can build up over time. And that's mm-hmm. what prepping is. It's preparing. And you don't prepare all at once. You prepare over time and in stages and you slowly do just a little more. Hey, you know, this is something I can do Or you know, money's really tight right now, but I can use my time and build up my infrastructure around my house where I, you know, put up some, you know, fencing or at least clear land, you know, maybe I can uh-huh. clear and make a more usable field that costs me $0, you know, that kind of thing. Um, start to plan and, and see what you can do to pro- improve your situation long-term. And the more you can prepare and plan and don't forget security. You know, I feel like security might be one of our next steps coming up. Guns are ridiculously disappearing all over the place off the shelves. Their uh, ammunition is ridiculously getting harder and harder to get where it's either not available or you're paying such a high premium that it's unbelievable. Um, yeah. They said a 40% increase in sales and ammunition this year from last year. They said that uh, one of the ones I read was two weeks ago that uh, 41% of gun sales were first time gun buyers. That's well, crazy. I hope that's going to help us uh, as far as the, uh, you know, the gun movement there, as far as people being a little more on board, if there's a lot more gun owners out there, but people are scared and, these are things you need to think about. Think about how you're going to protect your family, how, you know, things are going to play out for you. And the idea with being a prepper is to be at least one step. I'd like you to be 10 steps ahead of the other guy, but you need to at least be aware of what's happening around you and what's going on. And it's just one more thing, you know, solar flares are a thing and it is something to keep in the back of your mind. Um, Just like EMPs, there's so many countries out there that don't like us and would be happy to take advantage of an opportunity where we're looking weak and vulnerable. And I got to say, with everything going on in our streets these days, America is looking rather weak and vulnerable with the way that we've been acting like children. It's kind of crazy. And our politics are just crazy and, and, you know, out of control. We're just... We're so at each other's throats. We're so not unified. We're so against each other. And, you know, people are like, well, if you just accept everything and go along, then we can have peace and no conflict and nobody will be offended and everything will be great. But, you know, you need to decide what's what's really important to you and what's worth fighting for. And I feel like if we keep going down this road when you stand for nothing – just you're ripe for the takeover, you know, ripe for mm-hmm. somebody to walk all over you. Um, and that may be your own government. But so start to think about how you can improve your preps, improve your situation and look ahead, you know, try and see, hey, what might be coming and what can I do that's going to prepare me for multiple events, you know, multiple right. possibilities. And that's mm-hmm. how you succeed. That's how you're prepared. So, Kevin, that's what I got. You got anything you wanted to add? Yeah, I uh, did want to touch on real quick. I wanted to touch on hunting. I know a lot okay. of uh, a lot of the guys out there that aren't into prepping say, you know, a lot of the guys that I've talked to about these sorts of things before have said, I'm not worried about it. You know, if there's no food, I've got a gun. I can go out and hunt and I can do do all that, you know, take care of myself that way. 
and that's fine. But in a situation that we're like we're talking about, everybody's gonna think that. Everybody's gonna think I can hunting. I can go hunting. Now there's no seasons because everybody's just shooting anything they see, and it's not gonna be long before that population of deer, whatever it is you're hunting, can't reproduce itself the way it could. You know when we're regulating the the hunting and uh there's gonna be there's a there's a decrease in 40 uh 40 during the uh <clears throat> during the uh great depression of uh white-tailed deer in the united states because everybody was out hunting. wow and you need to be th- uh, thinking dramatic. about that it's real easy for you to go out and find a white-tailed deer during hunting season and sit up in a stand and take it home and and great you've got some meat but if everybody's doing that same thing all you know throughout the entire year it's going to be a lot a lot harder to find something to, to to take home with you so just putting that out there you know it's great to be able to hunt and provide meat for your family but if everybody else is doing it it's going to be a lot harder for you to catch anything that sounds right um even squirrels, anything, all that little stuff, all that little game that you're thinking you can count on, it really will disappear in, in short order. Um, the only thing I can see as an upside there is if it all disappears, then maybe they'll leave my freaking garden alone, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I don't Eat know. all those woodchucks and, and rabbits. Um. You know, those of you that are thinking about, you know, up in your guns and, and your gun stuff, uh, maybe think about a uh, TAC pack. Uh, TAC pack sends you a lot of cool gun stuff, those hard to find parts that you just can't mm-hmm. seem to get your hands on. You want to upgrade your situation. Some Check of those out parts that you didn't pack. even know you needed until you got exactly. them. Exactly. So, what they do is it's a monthly subscription for $49.95 a month. And they send you gear that they're able to buy in bulk. So they're able to send you a lot of quality items for a very low price. I say very low price, $49.95, but you end up getting $75 to $100 worth of gear every month sent to your house. And the cool thing is we worked out a deal with them where if you use the code BADASS, it turns out they will send you some bonus cool shit. So mm-hmm. something to look into, just look and see if it's right for you. Uh, it's definitely geared towards the AR 15 shooter. Um, if you're in other guns, a lot of the stuff is very specific to that platform. Um, if you're not an AR 15 guy, probably not the right thing for you. There's a lot of other cool things out there. Maybe uh, black rifle coffee, a lot of cool ways to support veterans and, and take care of other people. But you know, Think about these things, supporting people you like, people you care about. And with that, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Ooh.